welcome to Mice Cast with your hosts Greg and Mike. Hello. Tonight we're going to continue talking about uh, Dennis T, a forum member who posted in our thread about so you wanted suggestions for your show or something about like that. You know, close yeah, enough. Yeah, it was like that. We're yeah, not close enough. Talk about. We're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about Dennis T. We're going to talk about no his post about his his suggestions for our show. Okay. Show topics. How's that? All right. You're clipping, and your phone's ringing. Yeah, you know. I th- no, don't just. It's part of the ambience of the show. All right. Okay, we turned that off. The the uh, IMW Studios is now silent. Um, yeah. Oh. See, just when you just said um, just now it clipped. What clipped? It means you maxed out the the volume meters and it distorted your okay, voice. Okay. So as we're doing our show, we're also doing sound check. So let me just turn this down uh-huh. a little bit. How's that? Is that better? Okay, okay, say um again. Like um. No, clipped. Oh, jeez. Well, I'll try not to say um. How's that? All right. Try okay. Not to breathe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me move the mic further away from my large mouth. No, that's as far as it goes. Okay. All right. You're good. All So we did. Oh, let's see. No, it's clipping, dude. I don't know uh, what the story is. Uh, the story is you're a, a bad engineer on the other end okay. here. Okay. So that's it. Yes, it is. So it's hold not, on. Hold on, just you know, you're you're killing me, Smalls. All right. Okay, how's that? Is that better? Um, the um. The voice sounds fine. It's when you talk loud or sigh heavy, it clips. Is it clipping now? No. Okay, so we'll live with that right there. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, so. Can you hear it? I think you can hear it. Hear what? The clip. No, I can't hear the clip at all. That's all right. Perfect at my end. Okay. Okay, so now that we're done prepping for the show in the middle of the show can we continue sure okay so let's see well looking back a couple decades what impact do you think parks eliminated ticket okay we already did that one we talked about that we talked Uh, about the water parks yeah we we said yeah we did that we you liked the yeah we did okay so move on so recommendations for spending time away from the theme parks um did we do that one for the occasional Uh, visitor i I think i I think I, I said Kennedy Space Center, maybe. Yes, yes, yeah, all yes. that. Okay, so move on. Uh, okay. Why or do you think the international Disney theme parks are a good idea? Yes. How do you feel about building more parks versus expanding the size of the current parks? Yes. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, I haven't been to those parks, so I can't really say if we should be expanding them more or not. Remember, you have foreign investors on those, so uh, I think for the most part, those shouldn't impact our domestic parks too much, though, you know, for the part that we are investing, uh, we, we could be putting that towards our parks, but I don't have enough of a frame of reference other than looking at those parks from pictures and stuff yeah. online. See, and, we talked about this because so. we both said, well, we hadn't been there before. Neither of us have been there. We can't comment. Yeah, I can't really say. You know, I've got some guidebooks that people have brought me back from Tokyo, and the park is strangely laid out. Uh, but we don't have enough information to really talk about that. So let's skip down to the next one. Why do the non-Disneyland Magic Kingdom parks seem to be so so poorly laid out? Hey, didn't I just mention that? My opinion, of course. Uh, They've had 50 years of history demonstrating the effectiveness of the Disneyland design. Why do they seem to ignore the hub-and-spoke design in favor of the messes like Disney Studios? Okay, now the hub-and-spoke design is kind of a misnomer. People use that a lot. In fact, I mentioned it on... I say, sorry, Mike, but I mentioned that in the show I'm working on right now for Imagineering My Way, which is covering DCA 
somewhat in depth. Uh, it's a radial design, which is an old planning term that architects and planners have been using for centuries. And Disney used it. It worked very well. He was also going to use it for Epcot. And Spoken Hub is a, is a nice uh, street version, you know, street word slang of, of the radial design. Layman's term. Yeah, that, that too. Okay. Um, well, I think partly opinion, again, since this is an opinion-based show, though it's two guys' opinions versus one guy, um, I would have to say they just don't want the other parks to be... Disneyland. To, to be Disneyland or feel like they've just taken the Disneyland design and thrown different themes. They're trying to make it completely different. Now, the entry of Disney MGM has a feel of a Disneyland, though there's no berm. You don't walk through, you know, the gates and, you know, the... You know the whole thing of going from outside to inside to fantasy, or the or the uh, curtains lifted as you're going on stage and all that. Uh, you don't have that, but you do kind of have a street that you're you're pulled down in. But from there, you've got some weird shapes, some dead yep. ends. And I, I what's funny is it's funny that this question came up, but because my show number eleven is going to have a doppelganger that compares um, Disney MGM. To DCA, which is not totally fair because it's not a true doppelganger. No, like, you know, it's... like a pirates, the pirates at both coasts yeah. would be. But it's it's kind of talking about how the kind of funky layout of the parks, and in a lot of ways, if you take a look at both of their maps, Pretty you'll similar. notice that the parks have some similar layout and angles lopsided. to them. Lopsided, I yeah. Think it's and you know, I, at Disneyland, I understand why DCA may have ended up like that because of land they could not purchase. But in Florida, there's no excuse. They own all the land. Yeah. Uh, so I, don't, I, I really got to say, I, I'm glad I didn't visit Disney MGM like you did in, in its early days because there wasn't crap to do. A bunch of shows, one, well, two rides, really. Uh, am I right? The tram and, and yeah. the great movie great ride. Great movie ride. A bunch of shows, uh, places to eat. Yeah. Not a lot. Not really a, a half-day park. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the funny thing was that uh, a lot more street atmosphere back then, like yeah. people on the street and yeah, doing like, things. Like, okay, I have a funny story where there was a cab parked on the street that that street Hollywood Boulevard that goes down to the Chinese Theater, right? Yep. And and the crew I was with, there was two, four, five, five people. And I had stopped, We two of us had stopped to look inside the cab to see what we could see. And this guy dressed up as a cabbie from the 20s. Hey, you want to be taken for a ride? <laughs> I think well, I remember this, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we look at him, and he's dressed like a character. He's got keys in his hand. Sure, why not? So, okay, he unlocks the thing, climbs us all in, and long story short, kept us in there for like 10, 10 minutes, not going anywhere. Getting us all, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. I have I have video of it, but I'm laughing so hard it's because I realize, we realize what's going on. There's no engine in the car, and at the end, you say, "Yeah, I took you for a ride, ha huh, ha," huh, you know. But that you don't see that kind of stuff going on there anymore. No, you know, I can't see say that I saw a whole lot of um, street entertainment going on at all. Now I noticed something going on at Disneyland that I guess I just haven't been out at the right time for, which is the Mayor of Main Street stuff. I've seen pictures of him, but no. Uh... Yeah, I saw him at Disney World, and I've heard about them 
at the Magic Kingdom for a lot longer than I've heard about them here at Disneyland. So I don't know if that's something that's worked well at, at the Magic Kingdom and they've brought here, or I've just, because there's more podcasts that seem to cover um, cover it that um, we just heard about it more. All right. Well, okay. What else, though, is not... Well, they're all not hub and spoke. I think that's... Is that supposed to be, excuse me, radial? Radial design? Well, whatever. Just... Forget about it. I could go to okay. my planning book and see if I actually okay, uh, but... got that right. But pretty much you... that's the that's the idea. Would you try to... Uh, do you think that's a signature layout that they want for their Magic Kingdoms, even though it doesn't apply to Tokyo, apparently? Well, no, no. It, do, it does apply to po- Tokyo. It's just there's some odd things about Tokyo that I haven't quite figured out, you know, what, what pipe they were smoking at the time they... They did it, because, but I mean, because doesn't apply to Epcot, doesn't apply to the studios, doesn't apply to. No, I, I think they, I think they want to keep it exclusive to the Magic Kingdom. So I, it's just a guess, it's a speculation, but you know, it, it, it's working for the show because we can't come up with anything else. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, should we? All right. Do you want to talk? Read his next topic or his next uh, suggestion? Then. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and read it because right. uh, Chris D be- is. Uh, uh, trying to fix my profile page, so I'm doing two things at once here and type in okay. some info. So go ahead and read it. And I'll res- All right. It yeah. says, you're made president slash CEO of Disney, I'm assuming the company, and commissioned to spend up to $500 million to make major changes to Disneyland. Hmm. What would you do? What attractions would you eliminate slash enhance slash add? Would you change fast pass? Would you change pricing? Interesting. Well, it's almost yeah, like a question for imagining my way, I think. But um, yeah. you know, the funny thing though is, if I reference another website called MySage, and I look at Al Lutz's breaking story about the Tom Sawyer's Island business, which is already floated around the internet, but he talks about John Lasseter and the DCA placemaking project. And how it's ballooned from like thirty million dollars to six hundred and fifty million dollars. Yes. Okay. So it talks about. I'll, I'll quickly read down this this little blurb from his website. It says, "Not the rest of the resort by the end of this decade." Oh, what about the rest of the resort by the end of this decade? It's the real big stuff. Rizzullo has Ed Greer working on. Jay Rizzullo is the big, you know. Uh, all the Walt Disney uh, uh, Resort people report up to Jay Rizzillo. He's the top resort guy, theme park guy. Ed Greer is the president of Disneyland. All right. So we had told you in several previous updates about the current plans for California Adventure, and you would probably write a whole book about the often bizarre rescue plans for this ever-struggling theme park. Two years ago, the rescue plan for DCA called for a series of small place-making projects to sweep through the park over a period of several years that would change the tone and look of most of the park. Those place banking plans are sometimes subtle, such as the only one that actually got out of the starting blocks and softened and polished the rather drab back corner of DCA's Hollywood backlot area. The next project was almost ready to begin last winter. Wait, wait, what, what, what happened at the Hollywood backlot area other than... They, they put that little Mickey uh, fountain in. Big put, that that put, was all part of the, the Monsters, Inc. Yeah, but time. Was, well, according to this guy, you know, according to Al Lutz, it was... A placemaking project to spruce uh, up the backlot area. Yeah, it, it, God, that that's really 
in my mind, stretching it. Oh, I'm going to come to the park now because there's a Mickey yeah, statue back there. sometimes subtle is what he said. Anyway, <laughs> let me finish this. Yeah, the next project was almost ready to begin last winter, a larger plan to remake the DCA's modern Sunshine Plaza into a themed and period-specific 1920s transportation hub. Okay, you know, funny you should mention this because that thing that Bob wants, you know, based on our last uh, show, Bob, uh-huh. Bob, Bob likes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he was just telling me about that the other night. He says that is still on the table. It's been backed off a little bit. Well, and but... actually that now it may happen because the you know, we we talked before about the um Golden Gate Bridge coming down. Yes. Okay. Now the monorail is closed. Yes. Okay. Now is a time where it doesn't impact the monorail, though it does impact the park being open in the entrance, so I don't know if they plan on doing it, you know, piecemeal, half one night, half the other night. But Richard, oh, I shouldn't say Richard, he yeah. talked about how the whole entry was going to be redesigned to be somewhat like Union Station in the 20s or 40s, whatever, and that that sunshine, stupid plaza, water, sundial thing would be gone, and that you'd come up there and you'd have a place where you could get a vehicle that could take you to different parts of the park. It'd be kind of like a hub Yes, you know, if you will, to move. You haven't from. let me get to the to the to the money shot of this whole thing. The money shot. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of movies do you watch? <laughs> uh, anyway, where was I? Okay, DCA's modern sunshine into a themed and period specific 1920s transportation you hub. Could get you and Bob together and because when John Lasseter suddenly became a creative force inside Imagineering, and that's when DCA's placemaking project came to a sudden halt. And everyone went back to the drawing boards to rethink the concept. This was a classic example of Lasseter's taking the blueprints home with him for the weekend and coming back on Monday with a much bigger and better idea. The end result was that the $30 million that had been budgeted for the 2006 Sunshine Plaza redo was kept in the bank and the backhoes and painting crews were called off. Okay, so he had more planning meetings. I'm going to summarize and get to the big deal here. Yeah, please the, do. The, the end result, after much work and even some bickering amongst the WDI divas, is a broader DCA master plan that dwarfs the phase placemaking plan. The budget John Lasseter has now shepherded through the WDI design process has swelled north of $650 million to be spent over the course of just over five years. For those keeping score at home, that figures almost as much as the entire park cost when it opened to underwhelming results in early 2001. Well, yeah, but think about it. it. It did cost that much money, but look what they did. I mean, it didn't really give us a park. They, uh, no. You know, what's funny is I I told you I was listening to, because I don't have enough time to read all the books and stuff I'm doing at the same time, so I get the ones on CDs or download them from Audible and put them in the car or whatever, of Disney War. And I had totally forgotten about Disney's America. And that was like... That was Eisner's like first real big defeat when you know a blue or bluegrass a um, grassroots grassroots the thing NIMBYs. The came NIMBYs. yeah they came up and they were talking about how Disney was going to destroy sacred ground it was a good five miles away from the Manassas uh, site and I thought to myself wow because here I am trying to do a show about what should be done about DCA and I definitely have my my thoughts. And I thought, man, we could resurrect, you know, Rich, Disney's America. Richard had talked about uh, that they had thought about dropping the California name and change it to, like, Disney's Adventure. 
some people have speculated that you could easily turn this into a Disney Studios and, and retheme it to, to movies and stuff. It wouldn't be a long shot. And then I was thinking, well, shoot, I should start doing some research and find out what some of the attractions were for Disney's America because I, I totally went you know, dumb on this and forgot all about it. And I have to say, unfortunately, uh, I think it was Mouse... Uh, the one you're on, Matt, uh, was that Mice, Mice Age? Mice Age. I found a link that someone had written this big, long article. It might have been Al, might have one of the other guys, how Disney never throws anything away. And if you look at uh, Condor Flats, if you look at the, the Grizzly River Run, and one er- other area looks a lot like the concept drawings for Disney's America, though the names really? have been changed to protect the innocent. Uh, yeah, so you could probably do a search from Disney's America, and you'll find links uh, to that. Or if you, I don't know if he's got a search on his site. Uh, so I thought that, that's interesting. That's funny that we're both on the same track, or at least some people are on the same track. That there's a, a theme park that had a lot of stuff in in development that they could have brought over to this park. Shoot, they you know for all that they could have built Disney's America almost in whole. Possibly, I'm not sure quite how big that park was going to be. Instead of DCA, but then again, they could have built Westcott, but supposedly the budget went way too high. Uh, so that's interesting that he would do that. And it basically what he's saying is the whole park needs you know a major, major work on it. And I agree and disagree. I think there's some areas that's that are savable. Um, but haven't we got a little bit like off tangent here? Yeah. Well, the whole. How much? So is he saying six hundred million dollars is what is five hundred million dollars? Five hundred million dollars. Well, that's what our post is. But your your thing here, your reading, is six fifty to to completely redo California Adventure. Six fifty. Wow. Well, that certainly would be. And it's Mouse Planet, by the way, that had the the oh, concept, sorry. the two pits of concert art for con- uh, Condor Flats and Victory Field. Oh, you found that. Yes. Okay, and did you find this show that, that they had like a river rapid thing that... Yes, uh, called Native America. My, my, isn't that Grizzly River Run? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so so there's where it at. We can give proper due where we saw it. Okay, um, well, it's mouseplanet.com slash DCA slash America.htm. When I, when I thought about that in the car on the way to Yosemite or on the way back from Yosemite, I don't remember which, when I was listening to uh, this Disney War book... I thought I was on to something, so it sounds like someone else has thought of the same thing. Uh, so $500 million, but he's talking Disneyland, not DCA. Yes, correct. So let's get back to that. I don't know that I would lower the price, though I kind of wonder how, how much higher the price can go. I've always said that I think the price is a value no matter what, and it somewhat is a crowd control and, and um, you know. 83 bucks though. To Ouch. go park hopping, right? Yes. Okay. So here's the problem with Disneyland versus Walt Disney World, I think. If you buy multi-day passports at Disney World, you can get down to about 35 bucks a day, I think, or 38 bucks a day, somewhere in there, right? Which isn't unreasonable. But you're buying, what, four or five days worth before you get into that range? I'm not Correct. sure. Exactly. Disneyland's just not that kind of resort. People come for the day, maybe two or three days. And that's not going to get that multi-day ticket down in the affordable range, I don't think, for a lot of people. And that is a big hit to walk in the park. 
you know, one day like that. I wouldn't take my family as much as I do now if I was paying that every time to go in. Personally, I think 50 is a, a is a good place. But here's what I don't know. I don't really know what the operating in uh, operating expenses of the park are. Now, granted, we know the parks make a a load of money. I was going to use the technical term shitload, but we've had a few comments lately that we curse too much, so I was going to Texas try to be a little a little more family-friendly. Texas units of measurement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our accountant at work always says that's his technical term for a lot of money. But, you know, part of the reason to have the parks, I'm sorry, is to be profitable because me as a shareholder – likes it when the company's profitable. So where do you draw that line? What When is too much too much? And is there a such thing as too much? And I don't know if there is. So would I lower the price? No. I think I'd, I'd more invest into more things into the park to make that price more of a value. More I, so yeah. at e-tickets, what? Expand more? The little... Uh, yeah. Yes and no and all of the above. I would, I would, I think fix old things. I, you know what, I'd probably put as a major reinvestment into uh, Tomorrowland. Possibly, you know, there was a Tomorrowland two thousand. I forgot what the project was called. And it was going to be two levels. Twenty fifty five. I thought. Is it the twenty fifty five one? Uh, they were going to bring back some of the concepts that they didn't do in the um, uh, was it the sixty five rehab with the the two levels and. Uh, Find something better to do than innovations and innovations. And, and, yeah. Oh, and of whatever it's called. See, see how much I care. Did you know? Did you know that innovations is not part of Tomorrowland Attractions? Its business unit is not Tomorrowland Attractions. What is it? Circle D. So the same people that run the hor- the ranch, the horses, and the same people that run the street vehicles are the same people that run the Carousel Theater. Probably nobody in Tomorrowland <laughs> wants to work it. I don't know. That's that's interesting. You know, there was an interesting thread on the, the Hasbins forum the other day about when, this. They was getting a little testy because they were saying that you know the subs are going to reopen. That women should not be allowed to work on the subs because no fleet in the world has women oh, on the BS. submarines. So you know, you know oh, me. You know me. I had to. I had to. First, I thought of the Ruskies. The Ruskies always have women doing everything. They have them in space. You know, they seem to be the first ones to show that, you know, well, used to be when they were the Soviet Union, that, you know, man, woman, equal. Yeah. Don't you know, matter, yeah. So I looked it up, and I found that the Norwegians were the first, I think, to put women on subs. Uh, Canada has... Um, there was a few others. So not the U.S. yet, though. I don't n- think. No, the U.S. has made all kinds of excuses and reasons and why well, they shouldn't be there. They but... let group, they will, women on aircraft carriers, women on combat vessels. So I don't think subs will be too much longer. Well, you know, subs is an interesting thing because you have hot bunking. Um, not, not anymore, really. No, I don't they, think so. According to this, a lot of the the research I was doing, you know, five minutes worth of it. Uh, some of the articles were old because they were back in the Clinton administration because I think Hillary, that was one of her, or Billary, whichever one you want to call yeah. her, was trying to, to change that. And, you know, it, aren't those type of feminists so minority that the rest of the women who just want a little bit of equality in the workplace are going, 
I don't want to go to combat. I don't want to do this. And you keep going. I'm going to be right down there with all the other grunts in the dirt, which is yeah. really not what the women want to do in general. But that small, minor, minor, minor minority. But that's something for another podcast. Okay. So, <laughs> so Tomorrowland would be a major rehab. No girls on submarines, though. Well, oh, no girls. And then they were saying no women should be driving the Main Street vehicles because no one in that time period would have driven Main, Main Street vehicles uh, or those yeah. type of vehicles. Uh, and they might have a point there, but then yeah. another guy made a point of, well, you probably wouldn't have saw Hispanics and blacks working in certain areas either, but you can't <laughs> eliminate the, you know, them. <laughs> so, you know, you just got to kind of go with it the right in the right period costumes. You can't have everything. I mean, you get within reason. You can't. Um, this is not the beehive hairdo on Main Street that peeved Walt off so much. You know, the the stricter standards came in about uh, dress stand. You know, standards. So, um, so okay. yeah, I would spend I, a lot I, of money on Tomorrowland, and I'd, I'd yeah. make indie the way it was supposed to be made. Oh, uh, that would be nice. You know, with the train going through there. Oh yeah, yeah. And the the lava business. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be good. Uh, put motorboats or something back in that corner, you know, some C or D ticket, because that's an unused corner. Uh, well, it's a second. You have to have a place for second-class smoking citizens, and that yeah, is that's called that's called out front, <laughs> <laughs> or Big Thunder Trail, yeah. Outside, yeah. Oh, well, Discovery Festival. Bay, Discovery. You got to put yeah. in Discovery yep, Bay. Yep. Yeah. Back where, say, Festival of Fools, the Festival yeah. Arena is, maybe over there. Yeah. Um, Oh no! It might have to tie in with the river though to get their water source. But you can for still what? do that for Discovery Bay. Well, no, that was all. That was that was going to come up to the water because there was going to be a Hyperion from uh, yeah uh, Journey to oh. Top of the Earth or something. Yeah, whatever that was. Oh, uh, Ernest will probably come in. Don't worry. No, no, we got to uh. figure it out. It's, <laughs> people are telling us that they like it when we <laughs> no. pretend we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they were going to have the Nautilus submarine with a restaurant in it. So yes. it had water access, and there was some stupid balloon ride. I mean, there was some cheesy stuff, too. But um, the Hyperion airship from, was it yeah. Journey to the Top of the World? Is top that... of the World, I think. Oh, I, can't, this is, I can't believe I can't remember what that is. Yeah, I saw that movie like twice in the movie theater. <sighs> well, moving right along, I've always thought, but it's too late, that the they should have put Fantasmic in a, in a um, more stadium-like setting on the back of the river. The island at the top of the world. Island at the top of the world. There you go. But um, that... Robert Louis Stevenson story. That would also... You know, there's a certain charm about the undeveloped area on the back side of the island as the boats and ships go around. Yeah. To destroy that, because I've always thought the park should continue around there. That's one of two dead ends in Disneyland. You've got... Be- oh, I can't bear cut- critter country. What is it still critter country now? I- yes. Yeah. Okay. They- you've got critter country dead ending and Toontown dead ending. Tomorrowland, at least there's some loop. You know, there's really no sort other sort of loop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a- well, there's a small dead end at the train station, but nothing huge. You know, and it would be nice to have some kind of connection around the back of the river. But you know, at uh, at night, it's just it's it's a charming little area, and if you could somehow do that without destroying what you have back there would be it would be nice but i'd like to see you know maintenance has been improved quite a bit i but i i would take it to a 
to another level, I guess, and and, and step it up a little bit. I, you, I put Tahitian Terrace or something like that back in. Tahitian Terrace needs to come back, yeah. I, I, um, I'd probably bring one of those restaurants back instead of having the pin whores and pin sharks uh, taking up that spot. Well, you know what? Here's what I would not have. I would not have any facility closed simply because they don't want to operate it anymore. Either it's going to be redeveloped into something they can operate, or it's not going to be there. Because nothing worse than having an empty show building or an empty restaurant that's closed and not used for anything, or hybrided into some bastardization of crap like they yeah. have at the, the Plaza Gardens. Plaza Pavilion, Or yeah. Plaza Pavilions. Uh, and and I'd, I'd put some money into some entertainment coming back in the park. I'd probably bring the Night of Joys back. I would bring the uh, real big bands back in. Uh, not real huge names to the Tomorrowland Terrace, but actually, forget the Tomorrowland Terrace. I'd rip out the stupid 3D studio or theater and put back the original uh, space, um, space, stage. space stage back in and have some decent bands here and there. I mean, no, you know, no Counting Crows, no, no, uh, you know, bands that are going to have rave potentials like Good Charlotte and stuff where, you know, they're going to tear the place apart. But something, you know, not Kids of the Kingdom, though. I, th- I thought they were cool in their day. Uh, but, you know, something to bring some people in where they can hang out. And, you know, that's going to lead. Oh, that was another email. We're going to have to cover it another time about oh, stage show shows and, and okay, stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. How about, uh, oh, I just went in and out of my head. Oh. Um, Are you a blonde? No, I'm not blonde. No, you just don't uh, have hair. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, the circle, uh, you know, not Carousel of Progress, but some updated version of that. Put that so, building back well, was... Some kind of carousel show. Yeah. And I think we talked about way, show. way back, and for people who have, or can't get our early shows, when I worked at the park, we used to have a thing called I Have an Idea, and people would submit their ideas. And a lot of times Disney would not implement those ideas until after you quote-unquote, lost your hold on those ideas. Because you, you can hold... Your your idea was yours for, I don't know, let's say a year, and you'd have to fill out a form to hold it for longer. I don't know if they still do this program. You got these little pins, usually, that say, I have an idea that you submitted it. But th- you, there was some kind of stipend if they implemented your idea. Well, I've got at least three ideas that have been implemented, but they did it after either I was gone or my thing ran out and I never filled out another form or whatever the process was. But this guy had come up with an idea of, I think it was called like Captain's Plintix or something, uh, Alien Review. And what, what the premise was is this guy was a collector of, um, he's a, well, he's like a, not a bounty hunter. What would you, like a big game hunter. So, okay. if, you know, picture um, the big game hunters of what, the 30s and 40s going to Africa, bagging the lions and, and all that. But this guy's he's not killing them. He's just capturing them. Uh, going around the world, capturing them, and then every uh, every stage is like either a different planet or a different group. You know, these might be the this kind of animal, and these are this kind of animal. Maybe some kind of musical review and all that. And it sounded kind of interesting. He had it had it worked out, and uh, um, I, I thought it was a kind of a cool idea. So anyway, so that that is a cool idea. But something um, more than what we're getting, where you know we're getting hosed with it now. Um, it's just a marketing place to sell the latest, you know, Disney video game. It's it's, it's dumb. The, the, Do the, something with the people mover track. Oh, people mover. Yeah, I'd like to see maybe Wedway. Uh, now, you know, they've solved the problem with the induction motor that we can now go up the grades that they couldn't. 
uh, in the past. You know, Disney World's uh, Wedway is, uh, is well, what Disney World's is flat. The Magic Kingdom's is is level. Disneyland's was not, and used the you know the tire type motor system to move it up and down. The the lifts on California Screaming are all induction. There's no chain. Um, yeah, they, they have they have that uh, that piped recorded clack 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 sound yeah, for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a safety, some kind of safety latch to, um, you know, in case they lost the power to hold yes, it up there. But, but, you, but there is a recorded sound of yeah, a chain motor. Yeah, and that's that's not there. So the Wedway could solve its problem and now hit those uh, graded areas that they couldn't before. Um, I say we said the Tomorrowland Terrace or the Space Stage needs to come back. The restaurant back there, I don't know so much about that, but I would I would definitely bring the stage back. Um, so there, that's some that's some thoughts. So yeah. how how are we doing on time? Because I think we kind of covered that one. I Not about a half hour. We've killed okay. a half hour. Let's see. Uh, oh, that's the five hundred million dollar question. Or yeah. yeah. Well, he asked about fast pass. Did you oh, change wait, fast wait, pass? Wait, wait. You made this in present. Oh, only to Disneyland's. Okay. Well, see, what attractions would you eliminate? Oh, I get to turn the bulldozer on. Where's my bulldozer noise? I need to. <laughs> what? Let's think. Oh, I know what I get rid of. Alice in Wonderland, because I'd be putting in a Beauty and the Beast dark Beauty and the Beast, yeah, we yeah. know that story. That's not <laughs> I and I think that's actually an excellent idea. I think that fit that the theming fits fine. I think. Uh, well, thank I you. Think for, you great, for once agree with me. That's good. Actually, I think I, it's a great freshening of the oh, area. Great. I would dump Nemo. It's not even open yet, and I'd dump it. I don't even know what it looks like, and I'd dump it. Um, Too much Nemo. You know, the funny thing is, Nemo is it's not. Well, I mean, do you find it all that much of an uplifting story? <laughs> you know what? I by the end, I think it's kind of a letdown. Uh, I like the movie overall. I think to me, the best part is the whole thing with the sharks. Fish are our friends, not food. Or fish are food. You know yeah. that that whole uh, intervention. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Watch out <laughs> alcoholic thing going on there. It's very. But funny. I just I just couldn't take. You know, I was getting tired of the Albert Brooks fish thing. You know, his whole self doubt or his whole. Neurotic, over-the-top BS. I just was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I Ellen DeGeneres is funny, but her character after a while was a little annoying. But uh, it's better than Jar Jar. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, <laughs> but see, I, mean, I don't know it's just his agony. Oh, you know, you don't understand, or it's just yeah. this, or you know, he, he's. You can think you can do this, and I don't know the. The the fish tank, you know, in the dentist office, those guys were funny. Yeah, yeah th- no, that 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 whole fish tank thing was good. That was one of the better parts. So the crush, obviously, was you know that part was good. Uh, but no, let's let's not let's not focus so much on that because not, it's not okay. why I would take it out. But again, you know, my thing about where it is, and now Richard says supposedly that they're redrawing the lines of Fantasyland and uh, Tomorrowland, so that big will surprise. now be a yeah yeah big Fantasyland surprise. attraction along with Buzz. <sighs> I have to bring Circle Vision back. Yeah, you know, I'd like to okay, bring. This is this is starting to sound like the Fifth Gate fan. Yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> bring if, back if, all the extinct attractions. Well, you know, I, no, it's not bringing them back. It's getting rid of some that don't belong where they are. You know, I mean, it's you know, we've talked about whether or not it's a stretch. It's it's, it's a futuristic thing and all that. Blah 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 blah. So spend but, money to move to move uh, attractions where they belong. I don't know. See, my idea for the submarines was something a little different. I guess it was sort of on the order. Of um, 
the living seas, though, when I first thought about way back when I used to draw pictures of what I do for, I think I called it Disney Universe. You know, it was going to be on some other planet or something. You know, things you come up as, as, as up with as a kid. But the idea was to kind of bring in. Um, Jacques Cousteau or some kind of society like that where the submarines were actually seeing possibly real animals, uh, do it like a research uh, lab and have some interactions other than the submarine where you could also go into a area like Living Seas, do stuff like that. But, you know, they're, they're bastardizing li- Living Seas with all the Nemo sh- crap, too. So I um, oh, just completely destroyed that. Well, Epcot's becoming just another big, you know, uh, marketing tool for all the latest Pixar things, too. You just watch Journey of Imagination. won't go back to the original. It'll become another, you know, Pixar. I, I like Pixar, so I, I hate to always be bagging on the Pixar thing, but, you know, if, if we're going to have animation or Disney, you know, synergy, let's... <laughs> Let's get some stuff that was, you know, classic animation as well as the uh, the computer stuff. I'd just like to see some of the classics brought in. Um, but we've been there a million times. So getting rid of, I can't think of anything else I would get rid of right off the top of my head. I think Disneyland, Disneyland, Disneyland. Get rid of, get rid of. You know, there's so much of Disneyland I really like. Well, you know, I would, I would um, redo Star Tours. That's got to be redone. Yeah. Well, we've talked about how yeah, to we, we update talk, the technology yeah. of that and everything. Yeah, that, that's that's a piece of cake. Um, you know, I, I uh, people have cringed when I said this, but the uh, the storybook could help us. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's all. That's all I can think of for right now. That I oh, I know. Um, well, that's uh, a Disneyland I, original. You can't touch storybook. Yes, you can. And I know Disneyland is not a museum, but it's just, I don't know. Uh, I would get the the Utopias. I would remarket or re, uh, what what's the uh, the TV term? Uh, Reimagine it? No, 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 no. Not, um, repurpose it. I'm going to repurpose it over to Fantasyland and put the entrance over there across from the Matterhorn and shorten it a little bit and think of something else we can do over there <laughs> for tomorrow land rather than uh, you know some backward car thing. I, I just I just can't wait for cars to come there. It just seems an inevitable that cars would come to, yeah, it's, to it's... Utopia. Though I think it would fit better at the Magic Kingdom at Disney World uh, and the Big Grand Prix than it would in our little podunk thing. But that's, again, for another podcast. Okay, so we've pretty much, you know, butchered that one, I think. Oh, Fast yeah. Pass. You know what's funny about that? Yeah. Check oh, it out. Me. Oh, absolutely. In, All in, gone. No more. The funny thing, where was I? Which line was I in? Oh, I was in Tower of Terror the other day. And it's kind of cool. They've got the, the Halloween decorations up. And you Didn't you call me about that? Weren't you in the park? or I thought you. Yeah, I told yeah. you that the did, jack-o'-lanterns did you, everywhere. Yeah, did you go to DCA? No, we did not. Okay. If you went over, there's not a lot there, but as we went over to Tower of Terror... Uh, this, the little kind of sign monument that you're walking under to get into the area that is Tower of Terror <laughs> is a bunch of bats. It's pretty cool. It's just, you know, all these bats interwound. I think they're probably made out of, you know, light gauge metal or something. Kind of this big arc. And I thought that was kind of cool. And then I saw a bunch of different lightning. You know, they had lights set up in different places. And then I saw um, smoke coming out of the, the little pond or the little... Uh, where the sign is, you know, 
Oh, the empty pool there. Yeah. Yes, yes. There was some. There was some smoke coming out of that, and then there was sounds of like children playing coming over speakers out of like back areas and stuff to make it kind of spooky. Oh, and that we, is kind of creepy. Yeah. And we didn't stay around to see it after after night to see what the lighting was like. Uh, but as we're standing in line, of course, there's always somebody in line that knows everything about Disney telling someone who doesn't know anything about Disney what's going on. So as I'm listening to this lady talking about Fast Pass and um, they're going to get rid of it, then she was talking about some go to the front of the line pass. And I think they do this at Universal Hollywood where you can buy a, you pay an extra stipend and it gets you in, yeah, it gets you into a line that is considered front of the line. Problem is, you know, I, I kept thinking about this. The more you do front of the line things, just like the fast pass, the more people are in there and makes that line long, right? Sure. But anyway, she was telling this guy, and I'm like, kind of listening, going, "Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't even understand." I, you know, I still stick by my theory that fast pass has made lines longer. So I would get rid of it because I really think that, and especially if it's not managed well, that the fast pass makes attractions lines longer. I stood in rock and roller coaster, did not move right at the guy, you know, taking the fast pass tickets for. 30 minutes. The regular line did not move for 30 minutes while he was letting fast pass people go in. Yep. Now you can't tell me that if we didn't have fast pass, then in general that line would have moved a little faster. Instead of being an hour and a half, maybe it would have been an hour 10, maybe an hour. And the lines would balance out. I really think spend some money on putting some E tickets in, some D tickets, give some yeah. some people some places to go some get shows off, to get see them yep. get them off the streets and that'll take care of your fast pass problem i think it was a good experiment and i work it and oh well, that's so one I. thing i heard the lady say you know part of the problem and part of the reason they're getting rid of it because the annual pass holders have uh, learned how to work the system and i'm thinking to myself i really wanted to butt in on the conversation and say what the hell does that mean but i kept my mouth shut and just listened and inwardly chuckled a little bit um, so yes, fast pass gone. Would you change the price? I said I, I feel comfortable uh, more with fifty, but I'm not. You know, I that's probably wouldn't be the yeah. that wouldn't be the first place I would go. But you know what? I being the way Disneyland is, or the Disney Resort, if you want to call it Disneyland Resort, I don't think I would charge more for both parks. I think I would just call it one price. They're hop, skip, and jump across from each other. Push the ticket booths out out to the edge of the plaza, right? Just like. You know well, where, uh, well, I think where the checkpoints are? No, no, I think they're fine right where they are. The checkpoints, here's one thing I do. Make a I don't have a damn bag line <laughs> so yeah. you can walk through and just have a guy look at you and realize you don't have anything. I've seen these little old ladies who shouldn't be checking bags anyways yell at people, tell them to come back. The guy's like, I don't have anything. You have to stand in line with everybody else. Well, at Disney World, there's a separate area for you to go if you don't have a bag. I remember distinctly at MGM, all the people without a bag, they're over here, and there's one security guy just making sure you don't have bags. If you had a bag, please go back over there. And I would put Disney security checking the bags. Though they're no better probably than, you know, the average ticket taker checking them. There's a sense of importance with the security guys doing it than there is just some, you know, Joe cast member. I think it, yeah. it gives you – and maybe it's a false sense of security – but it it gives you the idea that they're taking security more serious than, you know, Joe Ticket Taker. But, you know, that's just my opinion. 
Okay, given the success of Pirates of the Caribbean, what other rides do you think are candidates for using as the subject theme of future movies? Hmm. Star Tours. Well, Star Tours can <laughs> that definitely was a joke. be Come oh, okay. On. <laughs> well, it can be definitely updated to a different uh, <laughs> trip. Okay. No. <laughs> what a ride would 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 inspire another movie like Pirates of the Caribbean attraction? Oh, okay. You, okay, I'm sorry. You're saying, looking at it that way. I wasn't reading it quite that way. That's Maybe. how he's saying. What other what other rides out there would make good movies? Okay. Well, we already heard that. Um, Jungle Book. Jungle Not Book. Jungle, but Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Now, I also have read that, uh, though this isn't, this is kind of a re-inspiration. We had Swiss Family Robinson, which inspired an attraction, which that Disneyland got changed, and now it's, I guess, re-inspiring a remake of the classic. So I don't know if that's kind of a round twist on it all. Unfortunately, sorry, Paul Barry. Country Bear sucked. No, it was entertaining, but it wasn't a Pirates. Uh, so we've had okay, we've had th- was that three attractions that have inspired a movie so far: Pirates, Mansion, and Country Bears. Is that, is yeah. that, is that correct? Okay, Country Bears was cute. Um, Saw it. Nothing spectacular, but it, you know it's typical Disney children type entertainment. Mansion. I was really hoping it was going to be something spectacular like Pirates. Like Pirates, yeah. I I wish it would have come out before Pirates. I might not have had as great of an expectation and thought this was a fun movie. And actually, I have enjoyed it more watching it at home than... Well, actually, you know, I never saw it in the theater. So the first time I saw it, I was like, eh. The second time I watched it because we bought the DVD, that's not bad. I'm looking now for little details. I I could have done without... um, Oh, who played Maddie Leota? What's that? that she got that weird oh, little uh, voice. Uh, um, uh, Tilly. 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 One of the Tilly I, girls, I yeah. could have done without her as Madame Leota. You know, it wasn't Pirates, of course. I mean, Pirates was just so spectacular. I think in part to Jerry Bruckheimer and his people. Johnny Depp, of course, you know, really probably made the movie. You probably could have put someone else as Elizabeth Swan and somebody else as... Um, uh, the other ponytail guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I can't believe my daughter just loves that guy. I can't think of his name right now. Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. I think you could have replaced him with other fine actors, but Johnny Johnny carries it. He is pirates yep. to me. Yep. And yep. and I'm sorry, you know, uh, Captain Barbosa laid. Um, he really gave you the salty pirate. You know, Johnny Depp was the the weird out there pirate, but. Um, Oh God! What is that guy? What is it? What is it with me tonight? I'm brain dead on all these names, but Barbosa's character was a nice balance—the yin yang, if you will—to uh, yes. to Johnny. Uh, so that worked. I, I just wish Mansion. I, I'll go back and watch it on DVD. I like it. I just—it's just fun. It's nothing great, but it was fun. Uh, let's see. So we, we right, talked so about. I don't see. know how. Jung- I mean, Jungle Cruise yeah. was inspired Cruise. by the the. Um, True Life Adventures, uh, well, yeah. Well, you True Life Adventures, and you can't deny that it was also inspired by, like, um, uh, was it the Jungle Queen with uh, Bogart? Is that what it was called? No, no, the the look of the boats was inspired yeah. by the African Queen. African Queen. Queen. But you can't okay. tell me that other part, I mean, where they are, uh, going down the rivers. Okay, fine. Uh, the, the the True Life Adventures give me gives me this idea that I want to put real animals out, which luckily they talked them out of. Uh, so 
Instead, we do that years later in a bigger park. But, you know, we got got rid of that. But you can't say that the whole river thing wasn't inspired by the African queen. The true life of think of the true life adventures you saw, like the Af- okay, the second. African wait. one. The um, uh, did you hear about the ones that were Disney that that post that uh, <laughs> they actually got the oh no it, you haven't because it, it wasn't on a post it's in this book um, one of the early uh, ones that Roy worked on because he worked on some of the true life adventures. Walt's like, where's the scene where the lemmings are jumping over the um, the hill or whatever off the cliff? And like, you know, Roy's like. Okay, I don't remember. What's it's one of the True Life Adventures that Roy worked okay. on, and I don't remember the name of it. And, and Roy's like not saying anything, thinking, "God, I, I don't think we have this footage." So he goes back. He, he basically finds out there isn't the footage, but he he figures out that that Walt was trying to throw an idea out there, saying, "I know there's this footage." And when he, later when he makes the footage, and they put it in the movie, he says, "I knew it was out there somewhere. I knew we had that footage." Well, they had to go make the footage. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Lemmings. Don't do this, I guess. So they, whatever the hell a lemming is, I mean, they it's had a to. Furry creature, isn't it? Um, how should we oh say gosh. this? Disney um, I, I'm, had I'm had lemmings go to their death for this movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they exterminated some lemmings. <laughs> you might say so. Yeah. Oh no. Um, and you know, a lot of the True Life Adventures were done. There was a, a team of husband and wife team that did a lot of the filming. And a lot of the things were contrived and set up. I think the one is there one with a mongoose, and this the the uh, something like there was either Rick, like the uh, uh, Rudyard Kipling, Ricky Tikki Tavi. I don't know. There was mongoose. one with like you know the rat and the snake and all that. And there's some times where they've contrived and set up scenes. It's not all just they're out in nature, going kumbaya, <laughs> you know, pointing the camera. There a lot of this crap was set up to make the true life uh, uh, stuff. True life. So, like I say, if you think of all those true life ones you've seen, how many of those actually go over to the Jungle Cruise? It's like, oh, yeah, the I remember seeing the African Belt and the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, I remember seeing the hippos and the, the true life adventures. You know, it's loosely based at best. That's why I tend to go to the African Queen Moors. Yes, the boats, the down the river thing. Just, you know, my, my twisted take on it. But So... Okay. Um, oh, okay. I now I see why you know uh, the joke of Star uh, Star Tours is just coming back to me. You know, I think the Small World could be a very good demented, twisted movie oh, yeah. about these Stephen little King, yeah Stephen King, King types, uh, little Chucky dolls come alive. You know, uh, uh, that could be pretty twisted. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, well, see, half well, all of Fantasyland has already been a movie, so. Can't yes. really do much there. Uh, the Matterhorn okay. has been a movie. Um, Base Mountain. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, we're we're reaching here. I'm, uh, trying to think. Dumb. No. No. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <Good>. Skyway. <laughs> Altopia. <laughs> uh, Big Thunder. Could you could yeah, you work Big something Thunder, around? I suppose. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Can't say Splash Mountain. No, if they had done the river Western River Expedition, that would have been a possibility. Uh, God, dead I mean, air. I, 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 yeah, dead air, bad. Um, I was thinking along, you know, if you go to DCA, you know, uh, 
Soren or Condor Flats area can you know lend its way to. Well, Grizzly River Rapids, you might Grizzly. be able to, you know, some adventure down the, you know. But, you see, you don't just have the iconic things you have with, with pirates no, in the mansion. No. And uh, even bear country was somewhat of a stretch, uh, or the country bears. Uh, yeah, this is pathetic, isn't it? I can't, uh, even I'm trying to think over to the Magic Kingdom, if there's anything that really stands out there. I think they're, you know, they're going to work pirates for one more. So we're going to get the third one out of that. No, they've already filmed the third one. Yeah, well, it's we're well, the fourth. Not, oh, I don't think we're getting a fourth, are we? Yes, there's talk of a fourth. Oh, there's, one. there's always talk, you know. Like they said with Star Trek, uh, they'll always keep making Star Trek if there's enough interest. Regardless, you know, they they've maybe broke even, maybe lost some money in the last few, but now they're there are. Did you know who was it? The guy that does uh, Alias, or what was that guy's the producer for Alias? J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. There was an article out that he was going to do the next Star Trek, which yeah, is, I heard about that. Yeah, it's very odd because. You know, he's not really a Star Trek type of guy, which might be what it needs to bring the franchise back with. Uh, but what they're going to do is totally going to, if they're actually going to do, is going to piss off the hardcore uh, DF Star Trek fans <laughs> because they're messing with timelines. They're going to put Spock and uh, uh, Kirk in the Academy together. As hmm. you know, and who forget who they're going to have playing, which people are going to have a hard time accept, a hard time accepting some person playing young Kirk, young Spock, but there's a big age difference and they weren't in the Academy together by the folklore of Star Trek, uh, you know, timelines and all that. So that, that will, you know, send send, send the DFs of uh, Star Trek right out the window. So I can't, I can't think of anything, you know, I, I really can't uh, other than the, the um, you know, the Chucky dolls at small world, yeah. Even Toontown. I mean, geez, there's just, I can't see anything. You know, no. Space Mountain, you, you might be able to you know, sort of twist something around, you know, well, okay. going to space gotta, or something. You've got to take attractions know. that have some sort of story to them, right? Wait, wait, wait. I thought all attractions had stories. Okay. What's the story for Space Mountain? No, no, I'm being facetious because okay. reading a lot of the, the threads and people, you know, oh, man, there's no story here. There's no theming. There's no this. There's no that. Not Every attraction has a freaking story. It might have a theme, though. They have a theme, that, okay, I'm, but not a story. Correct. And even Walt said, Mansion and Pirates, those type of attractions were more um, experiences than real stories. Sure. Okay. So everybody's worried about every last corner and, and twist having a story. And I, it, I guess it kind of riles me a little bit because it, can't you just have an experience like Space Mountain without a true story to it? You know, you're in a, you're in a futuristic futuristic launch bay. You're going on a rocket, right? Isn't that enough? Does it yeah. have to say, well, in the year 2025? You know, <laughs> and uh, anyways, it's... just so you know, a lemming is a rodent, usually found in or near the Arctic. Well, thank you. Together with the voles and muskrats, they make up the subfamily. Oh, I'm not even trying to say it. Yeah, please don't. Arvicolini or something. All right. Anyway, they're mammals. They're there, rodents. There's some animal lover out there that help us on this later. Uh, so, so it's like who cares? They're like rats. <laughs> like rats. <laughs> well, like they're a, rodents. Like, like a guinea pig? Rodentia. Uh, let's see. Which uh, one about the super family Muridae? Okay, so the next, they're order rodents. So they're cousin to rats, mice, hamsters, and gerbils. They weigh one to four ounces. 
There's a picture here. It looks like... Okay, who cares? I don't care anymore. It looks like a, a guinea pig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I don't care anymore. Um, well, you know... <laughs> you know it's, it's there's times where I'm, you know, okay, I'm listening to a radio station when I drive to work, and to two guys I listen to, sometimes they go completely off the, uh, you know, like off us? the reservation. Yeah, just like us. And I'm sitting there finding myself yelling, come on, it's this, this is the answer, this is the answer. So I don't want to be that guy that just can't remember then blows it off. Okay. Uh, I'll be that I'll be that guy then, so okay. who cares? <laughs> I'm All blowing right. it off. I, I can't I just can't pick anything other than maybe evolving a story around an area like Main Street and try to involve, you know, the the uh, uh you know, everything that goes on in in a little town like that, but that's even a stretch. I, I Yeah. You know, no, the it's... trains could the, the trains inspire some kind of, you know, uh story yeah, around it. it you know me yeah. either but then again look at all the crap that's on tv and cable so i mean <laughs> just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean that someone couldn't do it yeah. uh well shoot hey i i got it because ernest has already made this coalition um yeah. uh, spielberg's making a movie about lincoln so that must obviously be about hey, great Disney moments Night. with, oh, with diff- yeah. different yeah great moments with mr lincoln there you go. All right. Should we address Dennis T's last question here? Well, if we can get it in within the time frame you'd like to conf- confront us to, yes. Uh, uh, okay. Any pro- okay, wait. Do we add theme of future movies using the subject? Um, let's just give me one more quick second. Hmm. Nope, okay. okay. Done. Okay. Well, All then right. let's answer this last question, yeah. then we'll wrap it, okay? All right. How's that? Any problems in working out vacation plans with the spouses? Do you ever have disagreements about whether to visit Disney or another non-Disney destination? How do you personally go about prioritizing Disney versus other vacation spots? No, we do not have problems with you know, vacation. Plans. I was going to be sarcastic and and say something, but go ahead. I was say I was going to bitch slap her and tell her we're going where I want. No. <laughs> But I know I know how many people I just pissed right. off saying okay. that. No, you should, we roll, should we roll down some of Greg's favorite jokes? You know about why, <laughs> why women why women's feet are so short so they can stand closer to the oven, right? That, uh, those are not my jokes. You are so okay. full of it. I've never even why, heard that one. But that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> why don't Why don't you need to buy your wife a watch? Because there's a clock on the stove. <laughs> These are not my jokes, people. These are Mike's jokes, but they are kind of funny. I will admit. You know what we um, we do other we do other things than Disney vacations, and we haven't really had a problem yet. I had a I had a little bit of a I don't know if it was a real problem. I, when I told her I wanted to go to Mouse Fest, you know, I kept playing it up as a. Um, Business a business trip. trip. Yeah, she wasn't buying it. <laughs> and up. Brad from Oak Fan, you know, Big Mouth had to, uh, you know, when we had dinner one night, he says, you're not buying that, are you? Well, oh. she knew I was, you know, pumping it up a little bit, but understood that, oh, big deal. She goes, if we can, basically what she said, if we can afford it, go ahead, because I missed this writer's convention or something. If it comes up next year again, I want to go do that. I said, hey, more power to you. Uh, I have no problem with you doing that at all. Uh, so we're pretty good about that. We, she likes Disney and we hadn't been in 20 years. So now that she's went last year and this year, she's kind of hooked again, wants to go, to go back. Cause we Friends go to Disneyland like. all the time and we've considered doing the, uh, the DVC, but we need to dump our, um, present timeshare that we don't use. So anybody out there want a West coast timeshare? I got one at a good price. 
we have <laughs> uh, see last year we went to Boston and Salem and um, uh, Lexington and Concord and Plymouth. Plus, we also got down into Connecticut. Uh, so and Vermont, we went to that. Uh, we went to that old stomping grounds around uh, your old place, the uh, yep. Americans, uh, America Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Plus, we got up to Maine, so we did quite a few states there, and we also went to Disney World. And this year, we've made a weekend trip out to Arizona. Went to to Tuzigoot. We went to Montezuma's Castle and Well, and we also went out to the Meteor Crater. So we try to bounce around, do things. We also do things independently sometimes because with kids, and now that they're older, though, we, we're at the point we can almost leave them all at home with the oldest one, but not quite. But the youngest one likes to do things, so he went with us on the weekend. We left the the oldest two at home. Uh, sometimes my wife likes these ghost hunts and stuff, and she'll go out with some of her friends. They went to San Diego for the day or even stayed overnight and did, you know, did things down at the Coronado and you know, we might drive up to Frisco for a weekend. Uh, so we, we try to get around and, and see things uh, besides Disney. Right now, we're we're looking at two different vacation possibilities. And we're going to have to wait to see what Greg's two other vacation plans are going to be. And not because we're running out of time, but as you can tell, Greg's mic kind of went out there. And his voice is very fuzzy on both of our recording sources. So... Yeah, we had to kind of sign off early there. Now, before I sign off for good, I got something I'd like you to hear. The fact that you're listening to this podcast means you love Disney and you enjoy listening to Disney podcasts. The Disney Podcast Network is host to many excellent podcasts we know you'll enjoy. And to help you get acquainted with all those podcasts without taking a week off work to sort through all of them and risking the consequences, there's Inside the DPN. Inside the DPN is a podcast about the podcasts on the Disney Podcast Network. And each episode brings you a little taste of each podcast in the DPN family and what's going on in the DPN online community. So if you love Disney like we love Disney, check out Inside the DPN today. That's Inside the DPN, available at the iTunes Music Store and DisneyPodcastNet.com. And this too. Let the DPN gang show you just how much more fun it can be to hang with a crazy bunch of podcasters than it is to watch plants grow at the more fun than watching plants grow meet and greet saturday december 9th we'll gather just before 6 30 p.m for a short meet and greet in epcot's land pavilion before we take a ride on living with the land then the fun begins join us as we make our way over to the rose and crown pub and dining room for the dpn's version of happy hour we'll be staying for dinner and illuminations space permitting if you want to stay for dinner we highly recommend that you make a reservation by calling 407 wdw dine the event is open to all MouseFest attendees and is hosted by Jeff from Houston and many of your favorite DPN podcasters. If you plan to join us, let us know by sending a note to email at oakfan.com. For event schedules and more information about MouseFest, log on to mousefest.org. The more fun than watching plants grow, meet and greet in Epcot's Land Pavilion Saturday, December 9th at 6.30 p.m. It's going to be a great time, and who knows, you may end up hearing yourself on a future podcast. Come be part of the fun. 
for MiceCast housekeeping, I'd like to ask you to send us an email at mike at micecast.com and greg at micecast.com. Or you can leave us voicemail at our voicemail line, 206-600-MICE. That's 206-600-6423. You can also feel free to leave us some feedback on iTunes. Yeah, well, that'll about do it for today. And on behalf of Greg and myself, thank you for listening. This show is a member of the Disney Podcast Network family, hosted by Jeff at Meandering Mouse. The DPN is a collective discussion forum consisting of some of the finest unofficial Disney podcasts available on the Internet. Pay a visit to www.disneypodcastnet.com and join in on all the fun with your favorite Disney podcasters and listeners. 